0: Why, hello there. I'm your friendly neighborhood YouTube host, Dave Rubin, and this is the Rubin Report Direct Message for March 1st, 2021. That's right, guys. We are in the third month of 2021, and you may remember that in March of 2020, that's when we were told two weeks to flatten the curve. That was officially a year ago, this month, and we still ain't there. We don't even talk about the curve anymore. No more curve, we're on to some other stuff. Uh, Anyway, guys, this is a huge week. I think think there's a lot happening sort of in the world this week, uh, but it's a huge week, I would say, for me personally, for this show, for a lot of the ideas that we're talking about. If you haven't seen it already, we just released part one of my two-hour interview with Jordan Peterson. Uh, To say that there's a lot to catch up on would be the understatement of the century. Uh, Two hours with JP, we talk about uh, the tour, we talk about addiction, we talk about his struggles, we talk about his comeback. Obviously, we spend a, a good portion of it talking about this right here, his new book, which comes out tomorrow, Beyond Order, 12 more rules for life. If you thought 12 were enough, you were wrong, there's 12 more, and he's actually got a couple other rules on the way that are coming out, but he's he's coming back. It, it was, uh, well, let me just say it this way. I mean, chatting with him for those two hours, although we've, we've texted a bunch, we've talked on the phone a bunch in these last two years, I did see him once in the midst of all of this um, to, to sit down with him again and unfortunately we had to do it via Skype because in Canada you can't, I was gonna travel there but they're not even letting people travel in. I was gonna go do it there, obviously. I wanted to sit down with JP Live but uh, just wasn't in the cards this time. But just to even be able to do this thing with him uh, and and see him back, it feels right to me. It feels like a little order has been put back into the universe and we've we've needed it desperately. So part one of our interview is up on YouTube right now. If you wanna watch the full two hours right now, they're up also at rubenreport.locals.com, And of course, we'll be putting it on YouTube, but it's, uh, it's up early and ad-free over on our Locals community. Uh, oh, and before I get to all the stories of today, and we're, we're mixing it up, I, Trump came back, Biden had another sort of horrific mix-up and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, but before we get to all the stories, uh, tomorrow... Los Angeles, I'm doing a live meetup. That's right, I'm going to drink and potentially eat with real human beings. Uh, We're gonna announce this in our locals community uh, for subscribers only, so you gotta subscribe to get the the location, and then I will meet you there and we will drink and we will eat. And the the restaurant slash bar that we're doing it at is actually owned by a guy who I met at one of the protests to open up the state, and uh, he's a restaurateur who owns many different establishments, owns a couple bars, a couple restaurants, and uh, he basically, I I met him at one of the things, and he was talking about having to lay off all these people and all the struggles he was going through, and I said to him, this is now two, three months ago, I said to him, hey, when I do a live meetup, we're gonna do it at one of your places, so we we found a spot that I think uh, is appropriate, and uh, we'll be announcing that in the community later today. So if you're in SoCal and you wanna say hi to me and have a drink and, and maybe have some wings or some burgers or something, uh, it'll all be at Rubenreport.locals.com. Okay, we got one ad for you and then we are gonna jump into the stories. Guys, when you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, the list goes on and on. And HR manager salaries are not cheap on an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat from onboarding to terminations. They customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day to day, all for just $99 a month month to month, no hidden fees cancel anytime. If you're like me, then I know you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. That is an understatement. Let Bambi help get your free HR audit today. Go to bambi.com slash Ruben to schedule your free HR audit. That's bambi.com slash Ruben, spelled bam to the be ecom slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, guys, so if you did not see it, in Florida, I believe it was in Orlando, CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee Convention, I had an extra C there, uh, was happening. And they this is where they get all the big conservatives, everybody shows up, they kind of lay out the agenda going forward, but that's all a sideshow because uh, this Donald Trump fellow, remember him, orange guy, crazy hair? Been MIA for the last two months. Got booted off Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and the rest of it. Uh, he returned yesterday. Uh, gave a incredibly long speech. Managed to kiss the flag. All the usual Trump stuff. We're going to show you uh, two. Clips of the video, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, so at first, he talked about the election. Now, before I play this clip, I do just want to say I'm just uh, playing Donald Trump's words. And if you're a YouTube YouTube regulator or Susan Wojcicki, the CEO of YouTube, I'm just playing a video of something that the former president of the United States said. And I'm at your humble, humble. Uh, well, what would you call it? I'm I'm just here to play video and not really comment on it specifically as a guy that comments for a living. Uh, Let's take a look.
1: Horrible things are happening that are too voluminous to even mention, but people know. I mean, it's being studied, and the level of dishonesty is not to be believed. We have a very sick and corrupt electoral process that must be fixed immediately. This election was rigged, and the Supreme Court and other courts didn't want to do anything about it.
0: so those are the words of Donald Trump. This election was rigged. I'm not even commenting on that specifically at this point. And I don't mean that because of the, the YouTube situation, right? I mean, this is why we put all our videos on, on Locals anyway. Um, there's some interesting things happening even this week now. Uh, Atlanta, uh, sorry, Georgia, although it's specifically happening in Atlanta, is looking at their election security. There are different states now looking at their election security. So hopefully, regardless of what you believe happened, regardless of what actually happened during the election, hopefully we can tighten up our, our elections in general and, and give them a higher level of transparency because the very people who said four years ago the election was rigged are the very people who say you can't look at it now and it could have been vice versa if we had just done it the other way. Uh, So I think in general, making sure we have more transparent elections, making sure more people believe that the process is valid is legit, I think that is basically good. But it was interesting to me because I was a little surprised that Trump went down that path during the speech because that sort of, in essence, the ship has sailed, meaning the ship for the last election obviously has sailed, right? We're, we're, we've moved on. Joe Biden is the president of the United States, whether you like him or not. So I was a little surprised to see Trump do that. Uh, Trump then went on to, to go right back into the culture war. Surprise, surprise. And he had this to say about trans women in sports.
1: All of a sudden, somebody comes along and beats it by a hundred pounds. Now, young girls and women are incensed that they are now being forced to compete against those who are biological males. It's not good for women. It's not good for women's sports, which worked so long and so hard to get to where they are. The records that stood for years, even decades, are now being smashed with ease. Smashed. If this is not changed, women's sports as we know it will die. They'll end. It'll end.
0: If you miss nothing else about Trump, I mean, just the little body motions, you know, just the boom, boom, like just just that is is good enough. Um, Look, the reason I wanted to play this clip is because this culture war stuff is just not going anywhere. You may have seen that even last week, Amazon decided to ban a book related to transgender issues and young people transitioning. As you guys know, I've had Abigail on, who wrote a phenomenal book about the sort of epidemic of young girls transitioning. Her whole point is there's nothing wrong with being trans, but then when we see massive numbers of, in this case, young girls transitioning, it's something to look at. It's something that we can, we should honestly be able to discuss. And then when you look at things like having, you know, the the health and the health is it the health and homeland secretary, not health and homeland secretary, but the the deputy uh, health secretary. Uh, this Rachel Levine, she being uh, going through the nomination process last week, talking about how young children should be given puberty blockers and it should be up to the children, not to the parents. It's like, it's just like another sort of unfurling of so many of the things that we're seeing right now. And and again, no matter how many times you discuss this, if, if you talk about it at all, they're gonna call you a transphobe, they're gonna call you a bigot and all that. But in essence, of course, we all know that what Trump said there is correct. If you If you believe that men and women should have different Sports, right? Like, if you believe the NBA should be a male league and the WNBA should be a female league, well, then you would want biological men to play in one and, and biological women to play in another because there are biological differences. That's not to say one is better. Gen- generally, men are bigger and stronger, and faster. Women can give birth to babies. Like, that's a pretty good thing, too. I like that thing. That's a nice thing. And and being big and strong is good, too. And obviously, you're gonna have variations in all of those things. But if you want to see biological men beat up girls, if you wanna see biological boys who transition to female own all of the girls' high school sports and college sports records, and if you wanna see biological men dunking on women in the WNBA, well, then how is that the feminist position? How is that the pro Female position. And, and of course, this is just an extension of watching the many waves of feminism ultimately, you know, sort of going for progress. Okay, we got progress. Now we start going around and we and we go to regress. So suddenly watching a big biological male crush a young girl in wrestling, somehow that is supposedly the feminist position. So his line was: it's not good for women, it's not good for women's sports. That's true. Now, I didn't hear him say anything. I, w- I listened to the rest of the clip. I didn't hear him say anything against trans people generally. And you may remember about two years ago when, when the trans thing was getting real hot, uh, Trump was asked about bathrooms. You know, There was that whole bathroom brouhaha. Well, that had actually started under the Obama campaign or under the Obama administration. And then I believe in North Carolina, Uh, they wanted, Obama was gonna withhold federal funds from North Carolina unless they added bathrooms or something. And Trump was asked about it. And Trump basically said, look, I'm a hotel builder. I don't care what bathroom you go into. And actually, if we only had one bathroom, that would save me on construction costs. So in in that regard, I think he's just a realist. But the the wider issue of, of this trans thing, it's such a bizarre thing. And I've discussed this not only with Abigail Schreier, but with Douglas Murray, uh, who wrote extensively about it in The Madness of Crowds, and, and several other people, that it's this thing that's being pushed onto us that, that affects this tiny portion of people who I would never want discriminated against, but suddenly, boys should be in women's bathrooms, children should decide whether they're gonna get puberty blockers or not. It's just like another thing that sort of whittles away at everything that is sort of sensible about society. It makes, us, it makes, us, it makes good people be unable to have sensible conversations. And I, I think that is a problem and it's actually there's gonna be a through line to some of the other stories that we're gonna talk about. Uh, but moving forward, because I am having this live uh, get together, this live meet and greet, this live happy hour tomorrow. And again, if you wanna join me in SoCal, in Los Angeles live, actually get to shake my hand. You can go to rubenreport.locals.com. I'll be announcing it for subscribers only a little bit later today. Uh, well, our governor here, Gavin Newsom, as you know, we are the last right now, the last state that has indoor dining still closed. So I just wanna be very clear. This weekend in LA, it was 80 and sunny. It was a absolutely perfect, no cloud in the sky, no humidity, absolutely perfect weekend and we do not have indoor dining. We have outdoor dining, we limited, okay, we get it. There's no science behind any of this and the rest of it. Well, Gavin Newsom, who of course, was caught at French Laundry, one of the most expensive restaurants in the United States with 22 other people eating indoors in the midst of all this, their bar bill was $15,000. Yes, the bar bill was $15,000. Well, you're not gonna believe this, but he posted uh, a TikTok with George Lopez inside a restaurant in a county where indoor dining is banned. The guy's a freaking genius. Let's take a look. How do I find out if I can get a vaccination? George, you gotta go to myturn.ca.gov.
1: Wait a minute, thank you, Governor. (laughs) It's wonderful to be of service, George.
0: Okay, so first off, they're indoors, they're not supposed to be inside a restaurant. There's a little question as to whether they were actually eating or not, but let's let's show the the photo real quick. This was shared by chef Andrew Gruel who's been one of the most outspoken fighters against lockdowns, he's the owner of Slapfish Restaurant in OC. So there you can see that there's a bunch of cups on the table, it appears that people were drinking and probably eating, and they're inside the restaurant. I mean, you're not supposed to be inside the restaurant, except, okay, you can come back to me, you're not supposed to be inside the restaurant, except if you're using the bathroom. So I actually ate outdoors for the second time in a year in Los Angeles the other night, we ate outdoors, and then I was able to go inside the restaurant to pee, and then I came back outside and had dessert. Um, But it appears he was doing something inside which you're not allowed to do. Uh, And it's, oh, and by the way, George Lopez's mask is falling below his nose. So it's just like the endless cascade of bullshit from these ridiculous human beings who don't live by the rules that they want you to live by. It's just absolutely endless. Which reminds me that if you did not see it, on Friday, we did a panel all about the craziness of California. And I thought that Rick Grinnell, our former ambassador to Germany, who's been hinting about a run for governor, I thought that he was gonna maybe announce on the show, he kinda hedged a little bit, although he, at CPAC, he was also at CPAC, uh, he kinda didn't, didn't say no to it, let's put it that way. Uh, but comedian and my friend Adam Carolla, Uh, He kind of said he might just do it, that things have gotten so bad in this ridiculous state that he might run for governor. So it's very exciting that we've got almost two million uh, signatures on the recall to get rid of Gavin Newsom, we only needed 1.5. But I tweeted this this morning and I was thinking about this. If you didn't watch this show or if you didn't play along on Twitter or wherever you get your news outside of mainstream, would you have any idea that there's even a recall of Gavin Newsom happening? Not just that a, a recall is happening, but that the recall has hit the number of signatures required to trigger the recall. And not only that, it's uh, gone above and beyond that by about 25%. Has CNN spent one minute? Could some of you that are internet sleuths out there, could you do a little research on ESPN? Maybe go to CNN.com, do a little search in there and see if CNN has done absolutely any reporting on this. I mean, think about it. The governor from the biggest state in the United States with the most electoral votes, you know, it has one of it's something like in the top ten economies of the entire world, and it's just the state within the United States um, has a recall happening for the governor, and nobody's talking about it except those of us online. Which you think that might have something to do with why they're always looking to ban people online because we're the ones that talk about reality. You think there's a connection there? I'm starting to think about it. Uh, anyway, I will say one other thing on the on the recall situation. I am not, I am not completely ruling out a run for governor. David and I had a long talk about it uh, this past weekend. And my main thing is why would I want to do it? Like Like I get why someone like me should probably run. And I would, as I've said before, I would run on complete, whatever Newsom says, we're gonna reverse it, right? And we're gonna cut budgets for everything, we're gonna cut taxes for everything, we're gonna get the government out of everybody's lives, like all of that stuff. But my main thing, like the idea that I would, it would be 4 a.m. and I'd be sleeping and it's like Tuesday morning at 4 a.m. And the, and the phone rings and Mr. Governor, there's been an earthquake and and it's like, or Mr. Governor, there's a problem with the, Like, what do you want me to do? Like, that would be, maybe I would run, maybe that would be my campaign slogan. Dave Rubin, what do you want me to do about it? Like, that would kind of be it, because, I don't know that I really wanna do it, but what I will do, I promise you, I am going to stay in California at least as long as it takes to get rid of Gavin Newsom. So my hope is that some better candidates, some people who really want to do the nuts and bolts will get in there and I will gladly support them and get rid of this buffoonish clown. But you know what, people? I don't wanna only bash on California because there's other places where ridiculous things are happening. And Massachusetts just jumped up a couple notches because Boston public schools have suspended advanced classes for grades four to six amid concerns of racial inequities. We've got a couple quotes here from you. This first one is from WGBH.org. A selective program for high-performing fourth, fifth, and sixth graders in Boston has suspended enrollment due to the pandemic and concerns about equity in the program, GBH News has learned. Okay, so they've suspended you know, classes that allow for students of a certain academic rigor to be separated from other students, partly because of the pandemic, but also because of that magic word that we keep hearing, equity. Well, they go on to, to say, A district analysis of the program found that more than 70% of the students enrolled in the program were white and Asian, even though nearly 80% of all Boston public school students are Hispanic and black. All right, so let's pause there. So if you you look at that at just the very sort of surface level, you might say, okay, we've got a real problem here. And perhaps there is a problem at some level. If in the higher functioning classes, the classes that you have to have better grades to get into, you're having this proportion of white and Asian students that is this, and yet most of the school population is black and Hispanic, uh, and they're not getting into that. Now, we can have all sorts of discussions on why that's happening. Does it have anything to do with the family unit? Does it have anything to do with culture? Does it have anything to do with study habits and all of these things? Does it have anything to do with big government programs that have incentivized the breakdown of the family? All of the stuff that Larry Elder and Thomas Sowell and others have talked about, but we're not gonna talk about that, right? We're just gonna talk about equity. So in essence, what they have decided to do is blow apart the idea that if you work hard and get better grades, you should be in better classes because we can push you harder. You know, there's a, there's an episode of The Simpsons very early on, this is maybe season four or season five, where Bart is struggling in school, so they put him in the slower class, right? And then there's kids like eating glue and picking their nose and everything. And Bart looks at the teacher and he says, uh, let me get this straight, let me get this straight. Uh, we're in the slower class and you're gonna help us by teaching us even slower. And in essence, that is what equity is. So we're gonna just say, okay, it doesn't matter if you work really hard and you' and maybe you have you're God gifted with some great, intellect and your parents help you study and all that stuff. We're just going to keep everybody in the same thing so that it looks like we have equity. So we'll have 33% white people, 33% black people, 33% Hispanic people. We'll all be robots, equal, equal, equal. You see why this is a problem? So to eliminate, you know, I remember when I was in high school, my school uh, I went to a, a pretty good high school. It was a blue ribbon high school. We were We were my parents and the whole community was very proud of that. It was a public school. I, you know these days, I don't know how anyone could send their kids to a public school, but we had, the way we broke it down, was there was track one, that was the best track, so if you were the best academically, you were in track one classes, and track two was was the middle, and track three was the lower one, and I think there might have even been a a lower one beyond that. I was in mostly track two classes, and I was usually kind of at the higher end of the track two classes, and I had a couple things, like social studies in English, which I was good at, that I was in track one classes. I wasn't particularly good in math or science. So I was in track two in that. Um, And I had friends that were in some track three and some track two. And it was pretty rare if you were in a bunch of track ones and then a track three, but you'd have, they could then say, oh, you were good at different things. We can help you in different things. You'll have different competition in different classes. If you really care about this one thing and work very hard at it, you might get better at it here. This idea that equity will fix everything. It's, it's not gonna be equity to raise everybody to the same level. It will be equity to destroy people to a certain level. And they'll just constantly be saying, okay, we want everybody equal. So it's like, well, you can't get everybody to the best. So, but what can you do? You can definitely take the best and get them lower, at least force them to be lower. Uh, Superintendent Brenda Casilius had this to say, there's a lot of work we have to do in the district to be anti-racist and have policies where all of our students have a fair shot at an equitable and excellent education. Well, she's saying it right there. She wants them to have a fair shot at an equitable education, equitable. Just as Kamala Harris tweeted out in that ridiculous cartoon two days before the election, Equitable means we'll all end up in the same place. So we'll have a bunch of very, very average people. And the system will actually discriminate against those who succeed based on their skin color. So that if you are an Asian student who is succeeding and working hard and all of those things, sorry, we're going to have to punish you, just like Harvard makes it harder for you to get in there. Why are we doing it? Because we like diversity we're tolerant you know we like equity it it really is seriously dangerous stuff and uh, you know i mentioned on the show last week and i've written about it before and you you guys know david and i are working on expanding our family and we we've, we've had some hiccups but we got a little bit of good good news this morning and we're going to keep moving forward with that but I know without question, even if I have to <laughs> work for many more years than I would ever want to work for, like I am in no way sending my children to, to public school. It would be impossible at this point. And you know, one of the things, and I, I wrote it in that book that's over my shoulder about defending liberalism, one of the things that that enabled me or allowed me. To continue calling myself a liberal, a classical liberal, an old school liberal, was that I did believe in some level of state education, right? So this is where generally more conservative people at this point are for school choice, they're for charter schools, they're for private schools, they're for homeschooling. I've tried to stake out the position that one of the roles for government is public education. I think that's a that's an honorable goal but i think the ideas of of critical race theory the ideas of social justice and equity these things are so dangerous so infecting destroying absolutely everything that how could you send how could you send your kid to a public school to be brainwashed to hate you and think, I mean, this woman, this superintendent, Brenda, it's like, Brenda, if if there's such racism at your school, maybe you should look for another job. What, what have you been doing all these years? Uh, Brenda, did you just get the job? I'm guessing Brenda probably had the job for a couple of years. Was she doing anything about racism? Why is it that in the last school year, I know in 2020, we didn't have much school, but in 2019, why wasn't Brenda screaming about all those white people getting too good of an education? I mean, Brenda, Brenda, Come on, you see? You see what I'm saying here? These people are ridiculous. But in any event, it, it makes it more difficult for me to defend public education. Like, how, how can anyone, if if this is what's going to happen, and when we have, you know, the Department of Education, a giant federal program that will be infected by these bad ideas and then send all these bad ideas down to the states, how could you, as a responsible parent, send your children to these schools? And then, and then of course you you add the Zoom element to it and just every other thing that's depressing kids and and disconnecting them from each other and everything else. It's like, we really, we're in dangerous times, folks. We're in dangerous times, but speaking of dangerous times, at least Joe Biden's in charge, right? Because that guy knows what's going on. Well, Joe Biden was giving a speech this weekend, and I know I could play these clips all the time, and often we discuss before the show, you know, okay, Biden forgot what he was saying. Biden didn't know where he was. Biden looked scared and went off stage the wrong way or puttered around for a while. And it's like, I don't want to do it all the time. But I thought this particular video from this weekend was was disturbing at, at several levels. So, well, just look.
1: Uh, I think he's getting on a plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Cheryl, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli. Uh, uh, excuse me, Pinell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh,
0: What am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. All he was doing was reading names off a teleprompter. What am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. Look, I am not belittling cognitive problems. I am not mocking people with dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, My grandma had dementia. And when I was doing stand-up in New York and my days were a little free because I usually worked at night, I spent a lot of time going to doctor's offices with her. We went to geriatric uh, uh, doctors. We went to all of these different clinics. Like I've seen what the medications do, all of that stuff. Okay, so I'm not diminishing that, but It is very obvious that the leader of the free world has fairly severe cognitive decline. And as I've been saying for a long time, that is not the scandal. The scandal is everyone knows it. Dr. Jill Biden knows it and she's abusing him. Barack Obama knows it. Hillary Clinton knows it. Kamala Harris knows it. The entire apparatus of the Democratic party knows it. Joe Biden has access to the nuclear codes. Do you know that one of the things, one of the symptoms of dementia is erratic behavior is sudden bursts of anger i mean really like if you want to just like go with it like you see where this could all end up in a horrible place so the scandal is not that there's something wrong with him we all know that the scandal is the non scandal the scandal is the fact that nobody talks about it it's not on cnn it's not on msnbc you don't see these you see these clips again you see them on twitter you see them in the in what is the real reality but is but is Supposedly, the 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 alternate reality, right? Something like that. Like that is why this is so dangerous. That's why I feel like it's worth playing those things. Look, I know that reading a teleprompter, by the way, is not the most fun thing in the world. You know, when I do the ads, I do them off the teleprompter. So right now, I can look directly in the camera, and we have a teleprompter set up there. Everything that I do on this show is off the top of my head. I mean, I have a couple notes here just so I know what order I'm doing things in. But I do these things off the top of my head. So I basically talk to you guys for a half hour. I know that I have four topics I wanna get to. And then when I read quotes specifically, I have to read it off the prompter. Reading off the prompter actually takes a little bit of skill and it's not for everybody. So I'm not sitting here saying that you have to read off the prompter perfectly. By the way, I flub things sometimes. Sometimes the prompter moves a little faster. Sometimes it could be a little herky-jerky. Whatever it might be, you we, we all read something, you, you could be reading something to yourself and reread a sentence and go, oh, I, I missed that word, or whatever it might be. I'm not making about any of those little mistakes. That was, though, a man reading off a prompter and all he had to do was read a series of names, and then suddenly, what am I doing here? Like, if you don't think that's a problem, if you can't see that, then, man, then you're lucky, I suppose, because ignorance is bliss. Uh, all right, guys, uh, it is a big week. We've got a ton going on with locals. I can't wait to make some announcements in the next couple of weeks. Like, we've really got a ton of great stuff. And speaking of locals, uh, we are doing a live meetup in LA tomorrow night at a bar, and no matter whether... Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, says the chicken wings are a meal or not. I might have chicken wings with you good people, uh, but we will definitely have beer and whatever else you're drinking. Uh, I'll be posting the location for subscribers only a little bit later at rubenreport.locals.com, so you can join us there. And then putting aside all of that and more importantly than any of that, this is the week that Jordan Peterson returns, uh, perhaps not fully just yet, but but I would say 80% of Jordan Peterson is back, and, and and probably more than that, actually. And we have our two-hour interview with Jordan is up right now at rubenreport.locals.com. The video is up, the audio is up. Part one with Jordan is up on YouTube now. The full will be up later. But it was just unbelievable, truly unbelievable. I, like I honestly don't even have the words for it to to uh, connect with him again and and see his mind and and his honesty. And his level of dealing with the struggles and the fame and the addiction and the physical pain and everything he's been through all these years, coupled with like all of the good stuff too, like all of the good stuff. and there was plenty of good stuff. And, and I hope, I seriously hope, and I, I know this may sound a little a little over the top, but you know, we've had such chaos, right? The, the book, Twelve Rules, and the new book. Uh, they're about going from chaos to order, we've had such chaos for the last two years, and I think before Jordan went away, he was adding such order to the world, I really do think he was, and I can even feel it, even for me, having him back, having that interview posted, reading your comments about the way he helped you in your personal life, I know it, because it's the same way he helped me, I think we could start adding a little order to the universe, so if uh, if you're ready to add a little order to the universe, like. Time is of the essence. Why not right now? So anyway, part one is up on YouTube right now. Full episode up at rubinreport.locals.com. I'll see some of you guys tomorrow night in Los Angeles. And that is all. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you tomorrow.